Welcome back to this wonderful, beautiful day. Hot. For an episode of Coffee and Christ. Hot. Jackson just taught me how to fix my computer and... Is it already... <laughs> already messed it up. It's okay. I, we're, we're not going to worry about it. I'm going to... Are you back in business? Not yet. All right. <clears throat> I'll stall. Um, so today, for those who don't live in like the Southeast, um, I mean, it's like... What's real feel? I know that thermometer says like 98 or like mid-90s, but real feel is got to be 100. Let's see. I'm going to Google it. Because UV index, crazy. I mean, if you're out in the sun for any longer than about 10 minutes, you're going to be dripping in sweat. So mm. all those blue-collar men out there, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, men. Get your jug of water. And women. I guess I shouldn't <laughs> discriminate here. All right. Current weather, according to AccuWeather. Oh, the best one. Is Cookville, Tennessee, 95. Oh, my gosh. Real feel, 104. I mean, I Ooh. believe it. Let me tell you all something. Give you all a little uh, insight into my life. Big men and heat don't mix. <laughs> I was standing in the codes office yesterday, sweating, perspiring. In the air conditioning, <laughs> I was just sitting in there just like, whoo, <laughs> it is hot. <laughs> so I'm just saying, pray for the blue-collar men, but also play, pray for your um, men who are blessed in the weight section. <laughs> and women, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't, you know, like Jackson said, we shouldn't, uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the subject. <laughs> but just pray for the big people because we go through a lot that we don't share with other people because we don't want to talk about it. But heat is one, and humidity, Lord, pray for us. And that's all that I'm going to say. The uh, max UV index right now is uh, moderate. Winds are north-northeast. Really? The UV index isn't that high? Nope. Wow. Wind is north-northeast at two miles per hour, but the wind gusts could get up to four miles per hour. The humidity, 45%. You know, people get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for the stuff you just did. And right folks, there. don't I sound just as good as them? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you just did a a man's job, just mm-hmm. just like that, another person's job. And I will say that right now we have a zero percent cloud cover. Beautiful, sunny, hot, humid day. <laughs> so, um, and currently the cloud ceiling is about forty thousand feet. Wow. So, um, check back in with us next week. <laughs> For more AccuWeather on Coffee in Christ. That's perfect. See, oh, people, so people get paid a lot of money for do. what you just did. And I do too. I mean, what they don't know is I'm getting paid to stay the weather. Because we're sponsored by AccuWeather. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I just lied to you. <laughs> uh, that'd be... Uh, I don't know why they would sponsor us, but maybe they will now. The only thing that we're sponsored by is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And that's all we need. And that's the best corporate sponsor you can have. And sponsors like... M- me, Jackson Whitson, and you, Dylan Wood. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. The three of us, me, God, and Jackson, <laughs> we're funding the money for this project. I will give it up for uh, Double Springs for building us a room. That's true. Uh, actually that putting true. in heating and air with it, but I guess that's also, if you want to round that out, back to you, contributor. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Jackson, enough of the riffraff. <laughs> Tell us about your week, Jackson. Well, we've kind of already said how it is, just with how hot it is. Uh, the people in the HVAC world are busy, busy. 
And so that makes me busy, busy. So uh, that's just a good way to, to sum it all up is busy. And school started back. Boo. Boo. That's sad. That's all I'll leave it at. Uh, but it's my last year, so woo! Um, but that just makes it busy. So I think it's weird that like even in the dead of summer, it never was this hot. I think that's very strange. It just rained every day in the summer. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, 90 plus for the past week. And at least into the weekend, I don't even know what it looks like next week. What I want you all to do right now is to, to step, go outside of wherever you are. I don't know where you're listening. You know, but go outside. and If you're driving, please park. Yes. Don't jump out of the car. It's not worth it. But go out to wherever the outside unit is to your air conditioner and just pray over it. <laughs> just just bend down, have some time with you and God. And pray over and it. And just have a prayer. Because they're doing everything that they can. Yeah, they really are. Mm-hmm. They live for you, and they are struggling right now. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> they real. Built for this. Oh my word, man! That was the most inspirational thing I think you've said this episode. Pray for it. Just have a prayer. Just understand the wisdom that comes from your heating and air unit. Oh man! And the lack of wisdom you would have. If it went off. Yes. Because then you get hot and then you just can't think straight. So, anywho, Dylan, you've had an impactful week. I've had an impactful week? Yeah. And it's been like, uh, is impactful the word? Maybe Uh, not. What what would be... What's Not impactful. Mm, Let me think. Maybe just exhilarating. Maybe... It's been... It's been something... Life-changing, would you say, Maybe. Maybe. No, not maybe not life changing, but yeah, kind of. I mean, another step. This is a step in life. It is. Go ahead. So Dylan decided, you know, as many of you have heard, we work in the heating and air trade, um, and it's the busiest week of the entire year so far, really. And um, I decided in the middle of all of that. Hey, why not put my house on the market? How dumb is that? Yeah. But I did it. And someone took it. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so just in the process of kind of packing up my things, um, I have some stuff packed away already in the guest room closet. So, um, But Dylan, do you have a place to live? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to be homeless. No one, no one worry. I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't sleep at night if you knew that the, the co-host of Coffee and Christ was homeless. I get it, guys. I get it. <laughs> Enough. You don't care. But no, I am going to go live off the grid. Remote, Pretty much. In a remote location for the next seven months. Now, you didn't you realize that no one's going to come visit me. Will you come visit? Sure. Bring some dinner. Because you got nothing. <laughs> I mean, I have okay. So I'm I'm making it out to be a lot worse than it is. I'm actually kind of excited. It'll be kind of cool. It'll be nice. I'm still getting over the fact that I'm going to be living there alone at night, and that place is scary at night. For those who don't know, he's living in a cabin that's pretty deep in the. I wouldn't say pretty deep in the woods, but it's not it's out there. It's out there. I mean, it's it, it won't be you know any mistake that like a you might mistake. A black object for a bear, like oh yeah, like that. That wouldn't be too far fetched, and then it might actually be a bear. So, 
That's how far out we're talking. But there's so much more that goes into this because I despise gravel driveways and I'm going to have one for seven months. A very long gravel driveway. Because I don't like my vehicles to be dirty. So there's a lot of things I'm having to overcome. (laughs) Putting my things into storage and moving to a cabin that my grandfather built 30 years ago. But it's been renovated. But it has it's nice on the inside. Like I'm really making this out. It could be a lot worse. I'm excited about it. So yeah, I'm working on that. That's uh, been my life. And work's been busy. Um, bought a new truck. You didn't even mention, me and Jackson both made an, a life step today. That is true. This week. Well, I mean, me, technically not yet. Yeah. But, but like, it's there. It's we happening. bought trailers. I know. I don't have anything to put this, you know, this trailer to use. Nothing's going to sit on it. I might haul around just to, like a couch for fun. Do it. Just say you did it. Just for funsies. But shout out to my man, Brandon Pruitt, who yes. does listen to the Coffee does and he? podcast That's every week. Awesome. Listens to our podcast. Well, I, I say he's, he listens to it. I shouldn't say every week. Love Brandon. But he had a good deal on a trailer. Oh, my goodness. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, I had chill bumps. We should get him on here. We should. He would be a great guest. That would be a great guest. Anywho, keep going about the trailer. Go for but, it. But um, no, it just dawned on me on Tuesday that he had posted a trailer for sale on a good deal. And so I went and bought it, and then turns out there were two. <laughs> and so I, was, I bought it. And I was like, Jackson needs the other one. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I met with an excavator to clear land and bought a lot, a very pretty lot. And not building my forever home. But definitely a home that I'll be living in for at least the next 10 years. So then then my next life-changing event will be to build my forever home. I mean, you didn't plan on moving and selling this house so fast, so you never know. I've lived there for approximately Uh, since September. I was like, not even a year? (laughs) We're coming up on 10 months. And I love my house. I'm happy with my little bungalow. It's quite quaint. But I love it. I like it, too. I'm actually one of the bidders. <laughs> I'm actually moving in. Leave the couch. Leave the couch. But no, I did get a new couch, and everybody's been giving me a hard time because I love my couch. I love it. And everyone's like, so what if the buyers negotiate in their contract that they want the house with the stipulation of they want the couch? And I went, ha! No. No. <laughs> I am not giving I would. Because you yeah, you can go buy another one, but oh, I love my new couch. It's and also last thing I'll say, and then we'll get into the good word. If anyone's looking for a good show to watch on Netflix, I recommend Suits. Such a good show. Like, have you have you watched any more of it? No, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really have a lot of fun time anymore because <laughs> of school. <laughs> That's sad. Pray for him, too. Pray for the big boy in the heat and pray for Jackson because he doesn't have fun anymore. I go home and I start working on school from 10 to 1. 10 p.m.? Yeah. To 1 a.m.? Yeah. Okay. Well, I decided that I don't want to sacrifice anything else like like working out and work and other stuff like that, so I'm like, I'm going to sacrifice sleep. That's stupid. (laughs) I sincerely disagree with that. But it's okay. It's only going to happen for a little while because... I'm doing this to get ahead. And then once I get ahead, oh, I'll pull back the reins so much, and I'll just be smooth cut. Smooth, smooth sailing. I, sh- I will retract my statement and say that's stupid. If that works for you, great. 
because it wouldn't work for me. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't sacrifice sleep for anything or anybody. So just putting that out there. So, but I good agree. for you. I agree. I guess. <laughs> good for you. So, Proverbs. We, uh, sorry about last week, didn't get to uh, record an episode. It's because of my fault. I was at the job site till like 5.30. So, and church starts at 6.30, and I was 45 minutes away. So, that's my fault. We just didn't have the time to record, but here we are again. This is actually going to be like a double feature. You'll just have to stick around for the next episode to find out uh, what's happening next. Uh, but we ended up finishing Proverbs 2, and we're starting Proverbs 3. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to be reading we'll be reading a little bit. I'm going to start in verse 1, and uh, I guess I'll just stop till I, till I get tired. Uh, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life. In peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake uh, forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And then trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make sh- straight your paths. So I'm just going to stop right there. We've kind of been talking a lot about the setup of these first nine chapters on how it's been a speech, a set of speeches from a father to a son, and then wisdom comes in and also has a couple of speeches. Well, this is the start of the third speech, the third of the ten speeches that the father is going to give to the son. And this section has the father, straight off the bat, warning the son on never forgetting God's word. He says, let your heart keep my commandments. You know, the heart is often the first thing that wanders away from God. And it's off, and it is the first thing that returns. And so, as a father, you know, your goal as should be for your children to kind of see your example of of you being obedient to God, and not just outwardly, but you know, well, also your heart is, and it obeys Him and loves Him. And if you do this, it comes with you know a great combination of a long life and peace. And you know, however, this is not a promise. I want to make sure that's clear. You know, this is a principle. You know, there are plenty of times uh, of, of people who are obedient in Christ, and yet they don't always have a peaceful life all the time. That just comes with it. That's the world for you. Um, so when you read this, don't think, oh, this is a promise that, you know, my life's going to be peaceful and, and great and just awesome every single day. No, it's a principle. But most times you will if you keep your trust in God, and that's what we're going to get into in verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, the rest of this section continues to, like, point to that theme of trusting the Lord. This is just simply putting uh, as trusting in God to guide your life. You know, it means believing that all that happens in your life, including the suffering, is God's will, and it that it is motivated by, you know, his kindness, and it kind of connects to verse 12, um, which we're going to get into, but with all this allows for reproof of yourself. And by trusting in him, it means uh, we put away our own understanding, and kind of like what we've been, you know, a big theme in Proverbs, and we're still just going to nail it home, is just having that fear of the Lord. We're not really relying on ourselves anymore, 
you know, we're relying on God and His wisdom, and we honor, acknowledge Him, you know, all the time, and what, you know, that whole phrase means, you know, and that means to be, like, kind of consumed with Him in everything we do, you know, even if it's a simple and, you know, some, some mundane thing that happens every day, but we are supposed to acknowledge Him, you know, then the hardest part of having God direct our paths uh, is, you know, I find that most people are afraid to let God completely allow that, you know, trusting Him to direct their paths, because at that point, they're out of control, you know, that is whatever, whatever amount of control you think you might have, but after we do these things, we can trust that God will direct our paths, he, we can go forward in peace, kind of believing that through His Word, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, and through the counsel of others, you know, through life circumstances, God has your best interest in mind. He's going to direct your paths. And, you know, we walk with him as he shows us the straight path. You know, that's the way it's been intended all along since literally the beginning. And we are to this day trying to get back to that point. Well, you know, we like to make our own paths, but much like Adam and Eve, that does not work. Our paths aren't the correct paths. You know, we got to get back to that, that state of completely trusting in God. You know, and having him direct us down the path that even if we can't see the end of the tunnel, he can. You know, we got to get back to that point by listening, uh, especially to these last couple of verses in the section that uh, Solomon keeps saying to his son. And you jump in, whatever. But. Well, I, I would like to go back to verse one <laughs> for just a second. But, you know, you have, again, as Jackson's mentioned, you know, Solomon speaking to his son in this third speech, um, just to kind of give it that personal feel as you read through Proverbs. But he says, Son, don't forget my law. So what does he mean when he says my law? Is he, I mean, physically and literally saying, listen to me. You know, he's not. When he's referring to my law, it's not his own personal decree, but it's God's word that he had, that he had internalized and made personal to him. So he's wanting his son to follow in, not Solomon's law, but through the example of, um, of him as a father, he wants to, to make sure that he's being an example and his son is following his example. But then, this is what I want to talk about. Before we even get into you know, some of my favorite verses in the Bible is talking about trust. In the next line of this speech, he says, but let your heart keep my commandments. You know, deciding to not forget God's word and all these things. But, you know, you can have somebody that says, oh, well, I know the Bible. And I know, you know, what I believe and all that. So that's me, you know, keeping, letting my heart keep my commandments. Uh, not necessarily. You know, guys, you, we can know the Bible and we can know what it says, but I'm telling you, Christianity is not a mental exercise of memory. And I want to say that again. Christ, being a Christian is not a mental exercise of memory. You can know the Bible all you want. You can memorize it cover to cover. I dare you to try. I couldn't. <laughs> but, you know... But that doesn't matter. And, and here's what I want to say. You know, reading the Word of God obviously is important. 
okay? But when you're talking about keeping the commandments of God in your heart, that means you're making some sort of connection. So you're taking this, the things that you're learning as you read the scripture and the wisdom that you take from it, and you are connecting that to a life of obedience. You know, guys, we can read something all day long. You know, the Bible is not a high school Spanish class or a high school biology class. You know, that was something that I learned it, or even college for me, because I knew I didn't like it. But, you know, my, my let's take this for example. My freshman year zoology class. I had to take it, and I had, respectfully, the most boring professor. <laughs> Y'all, I had it at 8 a.m., and just listening to him talk made me want to bang my head into a wall. <laughs> like, it was just, it was awful. There were some days I didn't show up. <gasps> Don't take my example, okay? <laughs> but I had a friend in there. Her name was Jenny Lee Cobb, and she took notes for me. Aw. Made an A in the class, but anyway. Shout out. Using her notes. <laughs> anyway, everyone. But I had this class, and it was a, hey, I'm going to learn this, take an exam, because, excuse me, excuse me, that class wasn't cumulative, which means I'd take, you know, learn it, take an exam, forget it. Learn what I needed for the next exam, take the exam, forget it. You know, it wasn't something that I was really retaining. So you can read something all you want, but what what he's wanting his son to understand is, hey, let your let that stay in your heart. Understand and make a connection to your life each and every day. Okay, because then he says, for the length of days and your long life and peace, this is going to add add to you, right? So there's there's so many things you can learn here just from the first verse or the first two verses um, of him saying, allowing us to see the difference of, you know, what does it mean to keep those things in our heart? And, and just believe me when I say, God doesn't care how many scriptures you can memorize. God cares if you're keeping the commandments in your heart and you're putting them into practice into your life. And, and I am the first to admit that there are some days that, you know, I get so frustrated at whatever that sometimes I forget, right? But he's saying, do your best and keep me, and as Jackson was saying, you know, kind of at the forefront of your mind, even in the smallest aspect of your life, you know, you still need to be um, keeping him in your heart. So then let's skip down to verse 5, because I want to talk about this, and I'll turn it back over to Jackson, but then I'll read it again. But trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. That's why there is... You know, Solomon saying to him, read this and understand it. Because I want you to walk correctly, walk in a right path with God, because you have to truly trust him. And that's hard. You know, that's a very hard thing to do for me sometimes, to when you're literally allowing God to fully take over your life and to just ride in, in the passenger seat and say you're driving. And I say that, and I, I use that all the time, 
Because say if I'm in the vehicle with Jackson and he's driving, there's not a whole lot I can do. Right? I, I'm putting my trust, my life into his hands. Right? Because I trust him. Because there's no, there's no way unless I crawl over, I can't hit the brakes. You know? So in Proverbs 3, 5, do you know what the word trust that is translated into the, the old language, you know what that means? It mean, You know, when I hear the word trust, if I say I trust Jackson, it means that I'm going to maybe tell him stuff that I wouldn't normally tell somebody else because he may not, he's not going to go run his mouth about it. That's, that's, that's our understanding of trust. You know, that you're going to confide in somebody or if you take him, take his word for what it is. But the way it's translated here in, in verse 5 means to lie down helpless. That's what the word trust here is saying. So, so let's rephrase that and say, you know, lie down, face down, tie your hands behind your back, tie your feet together. You're helpless. So that's, that's the level of trust that God is saying, lay down and let me handle it. You know, don't try to interject your own opinion. Don't try to interject anything else. Lie down, move over, step aside, and let me do what I do. You know, that's that's the level of trust that Solomon is explaining here. Okay? Because then he goes far to say, well, do it not only to the best of your ability, but also do it with all your heart. You know, to put half trust in God and half trust in ourselves, you know, what's going to happen? Our paths are going to be crooked, right? He's saying, with all of your heart, put all of your trust in me, and I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to make your path straight. And so that's what Solomon is, is, is pushing here by starting out with saying, you know, keep these commandments all of your life and keep them in your heart do it with all your, all your will and all your might. And then goes to verse 5 and says, Well, trust, but what I mean by trust here is to be helpless. But if you put all your faith and all of, of your heart and keep these commandments in your heart, then it makes trusting easier, right? And you can't be half and half. You can't put half trust in you and half trust in God. It just doesn't work that way. So, because if we do that, in verse 6 it's saying here, our paths are going to be all over the place. You know, think about, and this is the last thing I'll say, you know, I have an infatuation with row crop operations. I, I would love to retire and just, just grow a massive amount of corn. <laughs> Why not? It looks so fun. But there's a, a guy that I like to watch on YouTube, and they, they own Larson Farms. And man, let me tell you all. <laughs> Woo! They have quite the operation. I could tell you all about it, but I won't. <laughs> I won't. I watched it at lunch if I'm at the office, but, or at home, or anyway. <laughs> so, so um, they have these machines in their tractors that when they're planting this corn, they move the tractor into the field, set the planter to the depth that they want it, and they hit a button on the screen, and they literally don't touch anything. And they ride. For hours. 
because <clears throat> the precision tool that they're using communicates with a satellite on top of the tractor. And somehow, I don't know how all of it works, but somehow it will make cornrows as straight as possible. It's pretty cool. Huh. But, and they've admitted to this, and I mean, I, I'd be the same way. Because, I mean, they, they, they uh, farm like tens of thousands of acres. So, I mean, it's not just a little mom and pop operation that it doesn't matter, you know. But if they try to do that themselves, then you go back and look at the corn. I don't care how focused you are on keeping something straight. We just can't do it. You know, ride with me in the truck. <laughs> we ain't going to go be going too straight. I'll tell you that. We hit the rumble strip. You, you cross the line. It just happens, right? Whether we get distracted or whether... You know, our arm twitches or whatever. We, we're just not built to live a life of perfect symmetry, right? So think of our relationship with Christ that way in the level of trust that we put in Him, which is the same trust as Larson Farmers puts in their precision agriculture equipment, right? Knowing that if I don't rely on this, then I can't, I can't live a life of straightness and and living a life with no sin, because I just can't do that. But with God, you can. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, if you will put all of our acknowledgement, all of our faith, all of our trust in Christ, then he will direct our paths. He will make straight our paths. So keep that in mind, and I'll turn it back over to Jackson. No, that's great. This Trusting in the Lord with all your heart is going to stay with us to the end of this section. Uh, picking up in verse 7, it says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your f- flesh and refreshment to your bones. You know, be not wise in your own eyes. You know, it kind of takes us back to that verse 5 where if we want to fully trust God, we have to realize, kind of what Dylan's saying, we can't make our path straight. We have to realize that we are... Uh, I mean, foolish without him, you know, and then we go to the fear of the Lord and turn away from evil. And, you know, it's a very natural thing, like Dylan was saying, too, that whenever you trust somebody, you you draw closer to them. You share more things, and, it, and it's that kind of relationship that builds that trust and provides that healing and refreshment and healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And then in verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. You know, besides the two we just heard, another way to trust in the Lord with all your heart is by honoring Him. And then 9 and 10, we kind of have a cause and effect kind of ring. You know, because you honor God with your wealth and your first fruits, then you and, uh, you know, it will turn into being a big blessing with a full barn, bursting vats. I don't know what a vat is, but bursting vats of wine, you know, and however, this doesn't mean you can, you know, buy your way into heaven or anything like that. It's not how it works, or it's not what it's intending. It's This is generosity and gratitude to God for being a inexhaustible resource to everything in our life, you know, not only money or wealth, but with our talents and abilities as well. So, you know, it's with that generosity that God knows how to take care of us, you know, take care of those who honor him with the resources he has given them. And then we get to the last two verses of the speech. You know, it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline 
or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Here we kind of get a different perspective of trusting in the Lord um, in the line of more discipline. It says discipline. You know, the Hebrew word used here is musar, and that means correction. You know, our, our challenges we face in life are, I believe, for correction, instruction. You know, I mean, that we can learn from it. You know, for parents, when you correct your child or discipline them, it's usually something that they shouldn't have been doing. And at that point, you kind of learn. It's a teaching moment almost. And the same purpose kind of goes here, that things that happen in our lives, I, I believe, are teaching moments for us to learn and to grow and to kind of develop that trust even stronger. And then he says, or be weary of his reproof. You know, reproof is reproof and rebuke are the same word in the biblical uh, theme. You know, it means to show criticism for a fault. You know, when God disciplines you, he's going to, maybe he might do it in ways you not like it. You know, it may be outwardly or inwardly, but in the end, you know, it might not feel good. But he does it because the Lord, what it says in the last uh, verse 12, the Lord reproves him who he loves. You know, C.S. Lewis, I believe, hits the nail on the head when he says, We are not metaphorically, but in very truth, a divine work of art, something that God is making, and therefore something with which he will not be satisfied until it is, until it has a certain character. Here again we come up against what I have called the intolerable compliment over a sketch made idly to amuse a child. An artist may not take much trouble. He may be content to let it go even through, uh, even though it is not exactly as he meant it to be. But over the great picture of his life, the work which he loves <clears throat> through in a different fashion, as intensely as a woman loves a as a man loves a woman or a mother or child, he will take endless trouble and would doubtless <clears throat> thereby give endless trouble to the picture if we were uh, sentient. Uh, One can imagine a sentient picture after being rubbled and scraped and re-commerced for the tenth time, wishing that it were only a thumbnail scratch whose making uh, was over in a minute. In the same way it is a na natural for us to wish that god had designed for us a less glorious and less arduous destiny but then we are wishing not for more love but for less you know sometimes god disciplines because we have maybe rebelled or need to turn back or repent or he disciplines to keep us from sinning or to prepare us for you know a special blessing you know no matter how much it may hurt or may seem it's you know it's never meant to harm us but he does it because he loves us. And that's kind of the hard part about how we trust in the Lord. Sometimes we don't see the straight paths. And, and in that case, it might seem like we're getting disciplined. But in the end, it's because he loves us. And he makes our path straight. Well, you know, kind of to, to sum up the end, you know, and I'll kind of start back up where I left off. And I'll, I'll kind of summarize it really quickly. But, you know, in verse... Seven, it's saying seven and eight, you know, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Um, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And the way that the writer here, you know, the word flesh, when I say that word, you know, we think of our skin. And, and that's okay because God's saying, you know, allow 
everything of your life to flow around um, me. But what is actually being translated here is flesh is actually talking about the center point of your body, right? You know, saying the center point of our body. And if you do that, you know, he's, re he's not only referring to, you know, just your hands or just your eyes. He's saying, let your body, let your life revolve around me. You know, think about the center point of your body, which I don't really know what that is, but the center point of your body to where your entire body has to flow around it, which I guess would be your heart. Maybe. I don't know. I think it'd be a good guess. But, you know, whatever is the center point of our body, that's what flesh is being translated here as. And, um, and then you go down to 9 and 10, and it says, you know, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increases, so your barns will be filled with plenty and everything's going to be overflowing. And he's just saying all these things, and then he goes into, you know, not despising the Lord for his discipline and all these things, but we can sum it up with trusting in the Lord and letting go. You know, he's saying, let everything revolve around me, you know, your health, your wealth, your mind, your heart, everything. Allow it to revolve around me and let it go. And just trust me. You know, that's then I, and I'm preaching to myself here more than anybody, but that's hard for us to understand. But he's saying, trust me and let it go. Put it in my hands. If you can honestly say that you're living for me, you're living right, you're keeping my commandments in your heart, then there's nothing more that you can do and let it go. So that's kind of where we will end on today, unless you have anything else that you want nope. to talk about. So we hope you have a great rest of your week. If you live in the South, enjoy mm. this hot weather. I can mm. pull it back up if y'all want me to do it. Nah, the I don't think anybody's going to enjoy this. in the last 38 minutes. All right. <laughs> have a great week. We'll Love see you. you all. We'll see you next time. All right.